This message is provided by Bridgeway Community Church. Thanks for tuning in. Well, good morning and happy Thanksgiving, Bridgeway. If you haven't uh, heard that already this week a little bit, but happy Thanksgiving from Bridgeway to you, Bridgeway, and uh, family and friends that are here as well. So good just to be together. So fun to be in this series. We're wrapping up the I'll Pray For You series today. Um, and if you didn't know, last week, Pastor, well, not last week, two weeks ago, Pastor Ron shared a great message talking through the story of Hannah and how she was asking God for a little one as, a, as, a, as one of the things that she wanted in her life. Great opportunity, great conversation. If you miss that, you're not going to want to have, so please jump back on our YouTube channel, on our website, or on our app. You can catch the whole series there. You can catch that message there or any of our other messages as well. But also alongside this sermon series, alongside of all of our sermon series, we have something that we have um, that's called a sermon discussion guide. So you can download this and then you can work through what we're talking about today as a group or as a family or even as a, just a devotional yourself to take what we're talking about today and to apply it to your life. Um, so I'd encourage you to check that out later on as well. Today, though, we're going to be looking at the book of Philippians. So we're going to be jumping in there today. So if you want to grab your Bible, your device, and open it up to that. If you don't have your Bible or your device, we're still going to be in Philippians, but you can grab a Bible from the seat in front of you. Um, if you don't have a Bible, these are, you can go ahead and take one of these Bibles. These are just a gift from us to you. Um, we'd love to just be able to, to bless you with that, but grab a Bible from the seat back in front of you or we'll have it up on the screens as well. As you're going, as you're flipping to find Philippians, um, which if you have the Bibles here is on page 950, but as you're flipping to get there, I want to give you just a little bit of context about this book. So the book of Philippians is written by a guy by the name of Paul. And Paul is really a converted persecutor, one of probably the worst persecutors of the early church. And he writes, um, he writes this book, but it's, uh, it all happens after a little bit of his story. So I want to go into him for a second. So Paul has a crazy conversion story, happens in Acts. You'll want to check that out. It's pretty awesome. Incredible how God chased him down. But he immediately starts talking about Jesus to the people that are there. Um, shortly after that, after circling up with the disciples, he goes on a series of missionary journeys. And where he starts preaching and bringing the word of God, the good news, to people that otherwise wouldn't be hearing it. So Philippi is, uh, is, on, one, is on his second missionary journey. He, he stops at this city. And it's in a city in Greece, and he, along with his companions, they start the church there, and they start to build it up. Now, later on, he then writes this letter back to the church at Philippi, and that's what kind of brings us to today. So he, he writes it, um, the church of Philippi actually sent him a gift, so he was in jail for a, for a time. They sent him a gift, and, and then this is his response. He writes thanking them for the gift, but also to encourage them. Without further ado, though, let's jump in. We're going to be in chapter 1. We're going to start off in verse 3. Chapter 1, verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion 
until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. We're going to stop there for today. So I don't know about you, but there's a, there's a few of these different letters that are written in the New Testament by Paul to churches that he plants. And if you're like me, sometimes I tend to skip the beginnings of things. I'm like, yeah, 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 that's really nice, but I just want to get to the meat. Like, let me just, I'm going to jump over this little section and get to like, what are you trying to tell me today? And I think, I've, I've been convicted by this as I've been reading this chunk. I think I might be doing a, mister, uh, a disservice to the word, but also to what God wants to speak to me by jumping over this section. Um, you could even jump into those first couple verses where it just gives you a little bit of context. Um, verse 1 and 2 of, of Paul and Timothy and their talk, who they're talking to. I think this is super important and sets a foundation for what they're trying to do. So in that first verse, we're going to kind of go back through and just look at these verses together and talk about what God is speaking to us through Paul in these, um, in these words. So verse 3 says, I thank my God every time I remember you. I thank my God every time I remember you. So in his conversations, he, that's, how he's, that's what he's doing. He's thanking God every time he remembers these people. That's what he's doing. Now, I don't know about you guys, but... When I'm starting to put two and two together, based on the context that we just talked about here, um, he writes a letter to this church. And then he starts off by saying, I thank my God every time I remember you. Now, I'm starting to kind of wonder as I think about this. He gets a gift. I think Paul might actually be like, that might be one of his love languages is he appreciates gifts a little bit. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but, but as I think about it, like he writes this letter in response. He's prompted by the people. He gets this gift, writes a letter, and he responds to the people after he gets a gift. Maybe that makes you like him a little bit more. You're like, oh, yeah, I like gifts too. Those are coming up, right? Um, but he writes a whole letter after it, after it. and clearly their gift has made an impact on him for him to respond in this way. And Paul responds by doing what we're talking about with thanks. Thanks for you. Thanks for you. He doesn't say, I don't know if you notice this, but even in that first verse, and if you cheat ahead, he doesn't say, thank you for the gift. That was so nice of you to give me that beautiful, wonderful thing. He doesn't focus on the gift at all. He focuses right on the people. I think it's a big deal. So my son um, just had, uh, I've got a five-year-old that will be six this week. Uh, we just had a birthday party for him yesterday, and we've been working on him to be specific, like, hey, I'm sorry for this. Like, you, gotta, you can't just say a blanket, I'm sorry, or, um, or thank you for this. Like, if somebody gives you something, you're, you're specific about what you're thankful for. And after reading this, I think I'm a little bit convicted. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe I should uh, turn that around a little bit and get him going, Thank you for you. Thank you for being here. Because I had him going yesterday or the day before. Thank you for so much for being here, for bringing me this. Thank you so much for, like, oh, man, maybe I should have been saying thanks for you. And I'm catching here from Paul that he is putting people over products. He's putting people and their importance over the products that they're bringing. But we're so wired that way, like, 
I want to focus on the things that I'm getting. I want to focus on what you gave me rather than who gave it to me. So my question I want to start off for you today for you is who are you thankful for? Who are you thankful for? And have you told them lately? Hopefully I'm setting you up well. Like we just came off of Thanksgiving, right? Maybe you've already done this. You're like, yeah, yeah, Micah did that. I did that yesterday or the day before. Um, but if you haven't, maybe this is just the part of the sermon where like this is what you need to take away today. This is your takeaway to walk away from here and today to tell somebody that you are thankful for them. You can do it in a small way to write a little text or you can do an email if you like that way or a note. Or you can do a huge obnoxious sign like down by the road. I don't know if you remember this. Maybe now I'm going to date myself here because I'm going to go back with this. But if you remember down by Northland and West River, there used to be a hill there. And they dug it out and made a gravel pit. But they used to put like big prom signs there like, will you go to prom? Maybe you need to make a huge obnoxious sign for somebody like that. That's what comes to my mind. You don't need to go graffiti anywhere. That's not what I'm saying. But to make, make a big deal because... I think it's important to let people know that we are thankful. Let's go on to that next verse. In verse 4 he says, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. I think it's important in these words to focus on the word joy. See, he's praying with joy. You remember his context, right? He's in jail. He's in a cold cell in jail, probably feeling lonely, and he's praying, talking with God with joy. All right, so first of all, how are you happy in jail? Like, right? I don't know about you, but when I think about, when I think about being in jail, I don't think of happy thoughts. When I think about happy thoughts, I think about eating apple pie, right? Delicious. Watch, yeah, okay, other pies, good, thank you. Watching the Lions win football, that's a happy time for me, okay? Watching the U.S. win in real football, that's an even happier time for me. Sitting on a warm beach maybe or enjoying a holiday party, all happy times. I like those things. But what happens when those things end? When inevitably the pie is gone, the Lions inevitably lose again, the U.S. lose a game in the World Cup. The summer ends and the party is over. Good feelings gone. <laughs> right? So how is he praying in jail with joy? Now I think he tells us in the coming verses, but I think it's also just knowing about Paul and his backstory here. I think he has confidence in God's love and his work in our lives. He has confidence in God's love and work in our lives. See, he is not focusing on what's happening or what's going to happen next. That's what happiness does. Happiness focuses on what's happening next. But joy depends on Jesus. Right? Happiness is going to be focusing on what happens next. What's going to happen in my life? If that's up or down, I might be happy or sad about it. But joy depends on Jesus, what he has done for you and I. That he paved the way for us to have a right relationship with, with his father because of his work on the cross. Because of his giving of his life 
for you and I to pay for everything that we will do and have done wrong. We can sit in this spot, in the middle of jail, in the middle of loneliness, separated from what I want to be doing, and I can respond and go, wow, I'm so thankful. I can pray with joy right now in the middle of these terrible circumstances because of you. Because of you. And I think that's what Paul's doing. He's focused on the mission of Jesus and not on his circumstances. Let's look at this next verse. Verse 5. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I think a word in here is really important. The word partnership. Um, He doesn't say, hey, thanks for your support. Or thank you for, um, you know, contributing. He says the word partner. Now, when I think of the word partner, I think of businesses or I think of, like, um, a partner in a project. And when you say the word partner, it means that, like, hey, we're doing this together. Like, we are stepping forward together. It's not just one of us, like, hey, I'm stepping forward and you're just chilling back there. We're both stepping forward. And it's important in that because... Um, Because he's calling what they're doing important and he's calling what he's doing important. That, hey, you're partnering uh, in the gospel with me. You're partnering in this good work with me. You're helping make that happen. And I think that there's, there's two pieces, I think, in any church that are really important. And one of them is outreach, right? Like how we evangelize and how we share the gospel. And the other piece is discipleship. And the, the other word that people use for that is edification. So you got evangelism, edification, or I changed it and modified it, outreach and discipleship. So how we are building disciples in here and helping us to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. I think these two things are super important for churches. And I think he's calling it out right here that they are partnering in the gospel. See, they're supporting his ministry They may not be the ones that are speaking. They might not even be leaving their city, but they are partnering in their city. They're supporting Paul in prayer. They're contributing to his journey, but they are also reaching the community that is there in Philippi. There's a lot of ways to contribute, to to partner um, with outreach, but no matter what, They've got to be focused on what's happening, and we've got to be focused on what's happening right in front of us. While Paul is gifted to go and reach disciples throughout the world, many places, there are those in our world who would not be reached unless we step in. Starting in our smallest of circles, our families and friends. And maybe in those circles... You're like, Mike, that's that's doing a lot. My family and friends, uh, that can be a little bit difficult from time to time. It's like I don't want to always get along with them. And maybe that's that's the first step. We've got to work. And I'm not saying, hey, you need to start going today. Maybe you don't have that permission yet. Maybe you've got to work on the back end of repairing and restoring your relationship there to be able to have that opportunity to be able to speak in and point them to Jesus again. Verse 6 being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you all, in you, will carry it on to completion until the day 
of Jesus, of Christ Jesus. Part two I see here, I look at this and I think of discipleship. This work God began in each of us, he's going to complete. He's going to carry it on to completion. See, he is making each of us more like him every day. He's sanctifying us, making us like Jesus. And it's through a messy process called discipleship. We're learning, being challenged, encouraged, and changed to be like him. This is Paul's prayer and hope. And if you read, if you keep reading after these verses that we did today, you read verses 8 through 11, you can hear him talk a little bit more about his prayer and his hope. And he focuses more in on what he's hoping is their next step in the discipleship process. But he's praying for them. And he's, the word, the second word in that sentence is super important. He's confident. He's confident that God will do this. He's confident that God will bring this work, that he will continue to sanctify, that he will continue to sanctify you and me. All we have to do is let him, let Jesus work. Let the spirit work in our lives. So are you letting God work in you? Are you letting God work in you? Or are you resisting it? Maybe this is your prayer today. Maybe we got to start here of asking God to even help us with this. Help me to find the obstacles. Help me to find the ways that I'm resisting you. Help me to realize if I'm resisting you. To let God continue his work in each of us. Let's go to this last verse. Verse 7. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. Now I almost feel like, I feel like Paul might have a little bit of a tear in his eye as he's saying this. Just like, it's clear as he's writing this, right for me to feel this way. Since I have you in my heart. Like this is a heartfelt moment. He's, he's sincere in this and it's clear in his writing like, he is thankful for these people, and he is justifying and defending that he should be. As he's talking in his prayers, he's thankful. Recently, at church, you, uh, you all wrote uh, the pastors of the church some thank you notes, and we were super blessed by that. Um, everything, I mean, there was a ton of different thank yous, a lot of different ways. There was even a few stick figure drawings and some other drawings, I'm not really sure what they were, but I assume they meant thank you as well, so thank you for those. Um, little ones, and thank you for those as well. Those were great. Um, and we just appreciated that as a, as a staff, um, but as pastors, and how that was an encouragement to us. And as I was reading this, I, I felt convicted as well. And even um, before this, before um, today, before this week, I've been thinking that I think we need to communicate this to our church as well. And I know I can speak on behalf of myself, but I think I can speak on behalf of, of our staff. When I think of you, Bridgeway people, when I think of you, Bridgeway Church, I am thankful for you. We are thankful for you. I don't mean to get mushy here or anything, but 
but I also don't think you hear it enough. It's an honor to work with you, to work alongside you for what Jesus is doing here. And whenever I do, whenever I think of you, Bridgeway people, whenever I think of our church, I thank God. And I may not be in chains and locked up for the gospel, but when I'm in my down moments, when I'm having a bad day, but I still think of these, I still think of our people here, and I think of you, I'm still grateful. I'm still thankful. And I can pray with joy. Because God is doing something here. And you and I both, we get to be a part of it. And we get to do this together. Now, sometimes I think it's easy to forget what we've been doing and what, some, what, uh, how we've been accomplishing some of this mission. So I want to show you some pictures here in a second of just some of the things that have been happening, some of the ways that we've been doing the mission here. And I want you to, as you look at this, I want you to look at it not only to just see the things that are happening, but I want you to think about outside of it. Right? We talked about earlier about how there's lots of ways to partner in outreach. But as you look at these pictures, think about the people that set it up, the people that prayed over it, the people that put the work in, making phone calls, inviting, doing messy work of discipleship, and all the prayer. Because none of this happens without the prayer. All right, let's watch. The, let's take a look at just a few pictures here. Go ahead and play those. I know it was fast. There, we, there's a lot more going on here. Um, there's a ton that's happening here at Bridgeway. We've got our student ministries that's going crazy. We've got our J Seekers in the back that you saw. We've got missionaries that we are supporting and partnering with around the world. Groups that are happening all over the place. And it's good for me to look at this because I'm not a part of everything. I can't be. I'm only one person. I'm in my group, and I get to bless these people, and they get to bless me back, and we get to care for each other. But it's good for me to look at this and realize, wow, church, there is a lot happening. And it is so fun to be a part of it with you. So fun. But here's the thing. See, our mission isn't done just because I showed you some pictures. And we're like, yes, all right, we accomplished it. We're done with it. The mission is still going. And there's things that we get excited about as we look forward. And as I look forward to the new years, I get excited because I think about us partnering in the mission still. And you see, we found a, we found a way to do this, a little new, um, to do it and to accomplish our mission in the new year in a new way. And it's going to require us to get rooted, to get rooted in the word of God, to get rooted in Jesus. And so we, we found this, uh, this book, it's called Rooted, which is super helpful so I can remember it. Um, and we've been piloting, working through this, um, through this curriculum, through this study over the, since this summer. And I have to tell you something, that I and we are beyond excited about it. Because everybody that's been through it and is going through it right now is being changed by it. And it's not necessarily that they're being changed by rooted, but they're being changed by the word of God and the spirit of God doing a work through rooted. They are letting God change them. You see, I've heard, I've heard people in it talk about how it's drawing their families closer together. 
how it's helping them to launch new rhythms and habits in their life. It's creating new friendships. It's helping to create deeper friendships and ultimately a direction for you and me to invite others to. See, if you're curious about Jesus or you felt maybe like you've been away from him for a while, this is for you. Rooted is for you. If you've been here, you've been a, a part of a church for 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years, this is for you. Because we all need to be rooted in the word of God together. And we all will bring something to that table. And we can all help each other in that discipleship process. And God will use us in those ways. So this is going to start January 22, as you see on the screen. And some of you are like, Mike, this is way too early. Like, we just, we just had Thanksgiving. That was on Thursday, in case you're wondering. Some of us, I think I heard, were pretty excited about Christmas. You already got your Christmas trees up. You're like, I'm still focused. I haven't even gotten past Christmas. You're talking about the, almost the end of January? Seriously, what are we doing? Here's why. We're, we're telling you this early because I want you to have time. We want you to have time to move stuff out of the way, to make way for this in your life. To create time so that you can go, you know what, this is what I need. I need to be rooted. I want to do this. And I know some other people that might need it too. See, we think this is going to be awesome for anybody that gets to be a part of it. Because we've been in it. Our staff is in it and doing it. And we have been growing and being changed by it. And we want to make a way for this for you as well. So if you're currently in a group, you're like, man, I can't. I'm in a group. Your group could do it. Just talk to your group leader. We're actually having a a group host, group leader meeting next weekend. So I'll be able to chat with the group leaders then. Um, But also I just want you to think, could you do this? Could you jump in and do do this fruited study with us for 10 weeks? 10 weeks in January, we're going to buckle down just one book. We're going to work through this. That might be, is this user error in here? Talk really loud for a minute until we figure this out. Um, but this is happening January. The cost is $15. And the, what that does, that covers the book at a discount because we believe that it's important. But I don't want you to hear it cost and be like, man, I can't do $15 right now. I know things are tight, and I never want money to be in the way of your discipleship. So please let us know if that is an issue um, because we believe that this is that important. But church at large... Here, I want to give you some ways, um, some ways that you can help with this, how you can help with this mission as well. And as I do this, if I can have the worship team start making their way up here, um, and I will share with you these things. So the first one that you can do is you can pray that you can be a part of it. So we just talked about I'm trying to give you enough time, trying to give you time to be able to look forward into January. Pray that God will help you to remove any obstacles that you can step in with us, that you can be rooted in the word with us. Pray for others that you think should join in, that could be, should be, that this would be beneficial for, which is everyone. But to be praying for those people laying that framework. The next step in that process is to invite them. Invite them to step in with us. I'm trying to make it simple for us, right? 
The next one after that, maybe this is the wrong order. Maybe you need to sign up first and then invite them. But you get to bring people along with you. Maybe bring some friends or some family members. Myself, uh, I've been challenged with this as well, to reach out into my extended family and see if there's a way that I can work with them. And even though we're at a distance, that maybe, maybe I can walk them through this as well. And the last one, don't miss this. Don't miss this chance. Don't miss this opportunity for what God wants to do in your life in January. Bridgeway, I gotta say, echoing Paul, I'm thankful for you. We are so thankful for you, church, for the ways that we get to do ministry. I know I've said that before, but I wanna say it loud and clear today. We do ministry together. We are partnering in this mission together and we get to do it. I'm so thankful. We're so thankful that we get to do it. I'm so thankful for what God is, is doing here in me, in us, and that we get to do it together. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we love you. We're so grateful for you. Thank you for coming to seek and to save us, to save the lost. You came for us. Thank you for inviting us to go with you, to follow you, to be like you. So you started something a long time ago and you handed it off to your first church. And Paul took it and he handed it off to the next churches. And God, I just, I pray that you would give us courage to do the same, to invite others to be a part of this mission. And God, personally, I pray that you'd help us to remove any obstacles in our own lives, to be rooted in you and your word. And God, like we read today, we are thankful. We're so thankful for these people, for your people, for the work you are doing in us. And God, I just ask today that you would continue the work until completion. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Check out our app or website at bridgewaycommunity.org for more messages or to take the sermon one step deeper by downloading the Sermon Discussion Guide. 